Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. And now, Financial Renaissance with the M's. Christmas parties, uh, holiday parties, whatever you want to call it, parties. Uh, the festivities are all over the city of Atlanta. Peachtree Street is lit up like I don't know what. It's just I'm just uh, I'm just it's just so blessed. So uh, I think our our party stuff started with out in the kitchen with by the uh, Out Georgia Business Alliance. Uh, good morning, Monique Carter. I know you're up. Good morning to Crystal King of Grady. Um, and then also I saw I got to see it out in the kitchen. Out in the kitchen is an event where they had LGBTQ plus and allied chefs come out and and just give us like little tapas. Um, there's probably 12 or 16 um, chefs that were there. And of course, I saw it was the Nick and Dex. Yes. And they used to cater for us or I don't know if they catered for us, but they used to prepare dinner for us. You know, uh, eight meals for the week for like under 150 bucks or something like that. Organic, yada, yada. They're doing really, really good. But now they have their own seasonings company called Indulgence, N-D-U-L-G-E-N-C-E, uh, Spice Blends. They have sea, land, and house blends, and the food was amazing. I got to have uh, some gumbo, which I don't often get to have, but it was gumbo with chicken and sausage and some dirty rice. It was amazing. And then also want to give a shout out to uh, Rocky Jones, the owner of Jones Climate Control. Uh, anytime I, I happen upon a honest business person, you know, someone who can take you down the path for thousands, but ends up only charging you less than a hundred because it's a simple fix. So if you um, if you are needing any type of climate control, heating, AC, etc., go ahead and uh, reach out to uh, Rocky Jones, owner of jo- Jones Climate Control in the Atlanta area. www.jonesvac.com. And then also this week, which was amazing. I got to go to the Carter Center. It was their board of counselors meeting. And I'll tell you about another uh, big pharma company that actually did some really good work, great work um, in the con- in Africa. Um, and then, the, of course, the Georgia Association of Colleges and Employers, uh, they had their DNI, which stands for Diversity and Inclusion Symposium Panel, um, with uh, Sandy Mollett. And it was an incredible, an incredible experience. But listen up. Do you know someone who's providing unpaid family caregiving. If you do, you want to wake them up. They may be living in a state that just passed a law uh, to give paid family leave. We'll be back after these messages. You have the questions. We have the answers. Go to SSNATL.com and click on the contact tab. As much as you like. We're the nation's urban station. Online. SSNATL.com. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with me, the M's, your host, Emma Folk, certified financial planner subject matter expert. That's right. I've written exam questions for the CFP exam. But listen, you are listening to us live on Sensation Station Network. Uh, You can go to SensationStationNetwork.com or SSNATL.com. You can also follow me during the week on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Emma Knows Money. 
or you can go to emmanosmoney.com. I've got stuff that I'm selling, Emmanos Money t-shirts, financial renaissance t-shirts, mugs, etc. Um, and listen, if you want to join in the conversation today, you can text us at 678-613-5857 or feel free to just drop your comments in the comment section. want to say hello, good morning to the Facebook group, Black Owned, Black Network, Black Empowerment, Black Business Supporter. Thank you, Black Business Owners Connected. Black on Black on Black. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so listen, um, coming up on Financial uh, Renaissance um, uh, today, we have my Emma Knows Money. I'm going to be giving some tips about being heard in Washington. You know, when you're upset about stuff, how do you uh, advocate? And then also, of course, my top five news stories. But first, I want to talk about a crime that is uh, no laughing matter. All right. So imagine receiving a phone call from your BFF. You know how we are. You know, if we go out late at night, we want to always check in with our best friends or our sisters, our sisters from another mister, our cousins, whatever you want, your road dog, the person that knows all your secrets. We check in with each other when we're out late and when we, when we come back, right? So what if you picked up the phone or you saw your phone and it was that person calling you, but when you answer it, instead of it being them, it's a mystery voice. It's the voice of a guy, you know, basically saying that they kidnapped your friend or your sister and that they're going to kill her. Um, don't mess around. You know, we want some money. And then they call you by your full birth name. Okay, the name that's on your birth certificate. They tell you where you live. They tell you the name of your dog. They tell you the name of your parents, things of that nature. You know, what would you do? Okay, they're demanding money. So let me tell you what happened uh, in Los Angeles recently. Uh, a sister uh, got, received a call that her younger sister had been kidnapped and they had both been out that, that particular night. And so what she did was they told her, you know, she was panicked. It was like past 10 o'clock and she thought her younger sister had been kidnapped, you know, left a bar and was walking back to her car and got snatched, okay? And, and for guys that are watching, for women, this is a real thing. Like we have to watch where we're parking our cars, making sure we're not parked next to the rape vans, you know, those vans that don't have any windows, you know, things like that kind of freak us out. So we're always on alert for stuff like that. So they ended up getting her for four mobile payments, uh, $1,750 using um, Venmo and also Zelle. But come to find out, when she tracked down her younger sister, her younger sister was also subjected to the same exact scam, but the reverse. Um, and, but they only got the younger sister for $700. Now, a uh, similar storyline, you know, if you don't give us the money, we're going to kill her. And then there's a woman moaning in the background, oh, save me, you know. So there have been reports of virtual kidnappings that have surfaced um, California, Arizona, Connecticut, Delaware, Idaho, uh, Illinois, Minnesota, <laughs> Missouri, <laughs> Nevada, New York, New Jersey, North Carolina, Oregon, Utah, Virginia, and Texas. And since um, 2017, the FBI has been aware of this crime. This was my first hearing about it. And they said this crime has been going on for over two decades. Uh, just this past month, a Houston woman, age 35, was sentenced to se uh, seven years and four months in federal prison for extorting money from parents who were told their their kids were kidnapped and would be raped and murdered. So I'm bringing this up because, you know, there are a lot of those scam things that are happening on our cell phones. I don't even like answering my cell phone because, you know, I don't need Medicare and, you know, whatever it is, my home, my car warranty, there's always some 
some crap happening. But there's a technology called ID spoofing, which is widely used by a lot of these criminals. Um, and a lot of them are part of criminal organizations. And what this uh, app does is it alters uh, what shows up on the caller ID. So they hide behind area codes and prefixes of uh, potential victims, you know, that, that you would know. So they'll make it look like your best friend is calling you or the FBI or, or something like that. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what the FBI says you should do to protect yourself from uh, this virtual kidnapping when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the Ips. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. All right, so before the break, I was telling you about this virtual kidnapping. You know, in a nutshell, you have to be careful about what it is that you are putting out on social media. Social media is a uh, treasure trove for nefarious ca uh, characters and actors to figure out how to e extort money away from us. Um, there's even people that are locking down, you know, if you have a smart home, they're also locking down your ability to get in and out of your home. So you're, you're going to have to be very careful about it. So the FBI is also saying that um, that they're even targeting federal employees. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is this is absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, there'll be I'll, I'll drop some more knowledge about this uh, coming up uh, later on in the show or I'll drop it on the actual website. But something weird um, that I found out this week. Um, what do you think the number of Americans uh, that are giving unpaid um, care caregiving to their family members uh, think about that for a second and out of the that number um, there is 34 billion hours of unpaid help that happens by American people uh, after they leave work they come home and they work some more so a couple of states have passed a law it's a family a paid family leave law for caregivers and I'm really impressed with this. So just wanted to let you know, if you are a caregiver or you know someone who is a caregiver, listen up, write these states down because they may be entitled uh, to some payment. So the state of California, uh, this law is currently in effect. Maximum benefit is $1,200 a week and employees can receive um, 60 to 70% of their weekly earnings um, for a maximum of up to about six weeks. Uh, the state of Connecticut, will, their benefits will begin January 1st, 2022. Um, they'll get a maximum of about uh, $780 a week, um, and they can receive up to 95% of their pay, but again, it caps out at uh, 780 a week. Then the District of Columbia, um, their benefit program starts next summer, July 1st, 2020. Maximum benefit will be about $1,000 a week. The great state of Maine, uh, their benefit begins uh, in January 1st, 2021, and it's going to be based on their base salary each week. So you'll have to uh, dig in to find out a little bit more about that. The state of Massachusetts, uh, they begin also uh, the summer of 2021, uh, July, and uh, maximum benefit you'll be able to get is $850 a week. State of New Jersey and New York also um, are in effect now. Uh, in New Jersey, you can get up to $650 a week. In New York, about almost $750 a week. And those numbers, these numbers that I'm giving you, are going to go up with inflation um, as as time goes on. Okay, so that's a that's a pretty dope thing. The state of Oregon, the state we love, <laughs> state of Oregon, um, their benefit period will begin in January of 2023, uh, up to $1,200 a week. And then the state of Rhode Island, that's the tiniest state that we have in our union. Um, theirs is currently in effect, and they'll pay about $852 a 
week, all right? Um, Washington State, uh, also um, their benefits will begin in uh, January of this coming year, January 2020, and you can get a maximum of $1,000 a week for caregiving. Now, again, this is a, a subject that is very important because, as I mentioned, there are $34 billion dollars worth of hours of unpaid help. So after we go to work and work our, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours, many of us are going home and having to take care of someone else. And in taking care of those people, uh, it doesn't mean you can just sit at, you know, sit at home on a couch, uh, watch TV and have them there too. No, it means like making sure they're eating, they're getting bathed, they're getting to their doctor's appointments, things of that nature. So it's great that uh, certain states are looking at uh, doing this leave, but also the federal government is looking at having a federal uh, caregiving, uh, paid caregiving act. Um, and again, there's so much going on in our country and in Washington right now. We're all focused on, you know, what's happening with the president. But, you know, that's just one, like, one-tenth of all the other stuff that we have to deal with in our country. And, again, there are a lot of people, you know, when if you're an employer and you see your employees at work and they're tired, et cetera, et cetera, you know, find out what's going on with them at home. Um, some companies even have... Uh, benefits for people who are uh, caregivers. So you want to check with your HR department also to find out about that. All right, I have the number. All right, so there are 327 million Americans in our country, and an estimated 41 million are family caregivers, meaning that 41 million people are working after work um, another, you know, full or part-time job and, and, you know, providing help for people that they love and care about. So, um, you know, if your lawmakers are doing the right thing, you know, let them know that, uh, you know, hey, you're doing a great job, you know, thank you very much. Or if your lawmakers are not, have not caught up to this, uh, you may want to talk to them and, and just reach out to them and let them know that, you know, hey, we, we would like some paid leave. I think, <laughs> I think it's very, very important. All right. Um, Let's see, so we've got a comment about that. So someone says that it's like paternity leave on the golf course being paid for family caregivers. So this is Steve S41848, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, it's not like, first of all, taking care of a family member is not like being on a golf course. Uh, and it's nothing like paternity leave. Um, another, um, another person, two papa, the number two, Papa, says employees can use vacation and sick days for that purpose. Uh, if there were paid caregiving days, it would result in a lot of cheating. Okay, so I don't see any women that have commented, so I'm, I'm not going to say anything yet, but a lot of women are usually the ones who provide the majority of the caregiving. And I promise you, I, I, there's always going to be people who are going to take advantage of the system you know, just chalk it up to 10 to 15% of the population who are going to do wrong. But for the other 85 to 90% that are really putting in the work, you know, they should get paid for, for exactly what they do. All right, so um, human trafficking is a sad issue in our country, in particular in my great city of Atlanta. Um, coming up next, I'm going to talk about a corporation, introduce you to a corporation that's putting its money where its mouth is and providing resources for survivors of homelessness, exploitation, and human trafficking. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's. SSNATL.com is a Radio 2 Atlanta station, which provides a daily mix of awesome hits with smart talk for the smarter listener. 
Your choice just became clear. SSNATL.com. Radio that's not dumbed down. Good morning, and we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. We have a great show today. Listen, we have a very important topic that we're going to be talking about, um, human trafficking, exploitation, homelessness. And because the topic is so serious, if you want to drop comments and have questions, uh, we have professionals in the room right now that can answer those questions. Uh, You can go to Sensation Station Network on Facebook. Uh, You can drop your questions in there, or you can text us live here in the studio at 678-613-5857. Uh, for my Spanish people, uh, seis siete ocho seis uno tres cinco ocho cinco siete. Llámame. Give us a call. Let us know what you want to talk about. All right. So we have two beautiful guests in the studio this morning. We have Crystal Crowley, yeah. right, uh, the senior diversity program manager at Ronstad Sourcewright, and then we have Jennifer Dial. Jennifer, what do you do? Uh, so I'm the team lead for the Higher Hope program. Ah, right. And they're here to share with us about Higher Hope. And I mentioned um, earlier that there are some corporations out there that are doing good. And Ronstadt is a staffing service, That's a staffing correct. agency, staffing company. We are the number one global oh, staffing The number one global. In the world. Well, good. Just to make you feel better, we have people from all over the world watching us. That's great. That's you, awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> so listen, why don't why don't we talk a little bit about um, just the problem of of human trafficking? Can you define for our our viewers and our listeners uh, what exactly is human trafficking? Sure. So human trafficking um, is essentially what they're calling it now is modern slavery. So we all know the basic principles of what sl- what were behind slavery, mm-hmm. money, um, and it hasn't changed. Right. It's always about money. <laughs> um, it's still a form of bondage. Right. Um, but now, um, up to date, 2020, 2019, we're focusing on um, specific areas. So it's more about the human trafficking under sexual exploitation. So that can cover um, adult sex trafficking, child sex trafficking. Um, it includes um, domestic servitude as a, a form yeah. of human trafficking. Yes. And so the reason why this topic is so important, um, I know a lot of business owners watch the show. And so sometimes unwittingly, um, the products and services that you're selling on the Internet can be be used for, you know, these purposes. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's the clothing or the the jewelry or, you know, whatever it is that you're selling, it could be contributing to this horrific problem that we have in our country. Um, Can you... We're here in Atlanta, and this is a global problem. This is a United States problem. But here in the city of Atlanta, it's a little unique, Mm -hmm. right? And Atlanta has been described as a major hub for human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Would either of you like to tell uh, our our viewers why? It's due to the transportation access. So we have the Hartsville International Airport. Um, We have the I-95 corridor that goes from Florida all the way up to Canada. Okay. Um, And there's another situation where we're surrounded by three states that are also in the top 10 to 20 of trafficking areas. Yeah, one of the things that happens in Atlanta, and Atlanta's a great city. I mean, it's almost like we've got this underbelly of Gotham, you Mm -hmm. know, this sliminess (laughs) that goes on. But we have a lot of conventions here. 
Absolutely. We have a lot of conventions and we have a lot of major sporting events that happens here. You know, NCAA final this and the SEC that and, you know, the college sports and the Super Bowls and, you know, all these different things. Not a World Series, but a lot of these different events and stuff that, that come here. And with that comes the trafficking. And one of the things that I've noticed mm -hmm. um, in hotels that I go to Absolutely. now, there are signs in the restroom. Um, we went to Mexico about a month ago. There were signs all over their airport. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're starting to see signs and, you know, um, I forgot what we were watching one day and they were saying to watch the women, you know, just watch women and their reactions with men when they're together. Like, what is it? And uh, you're supposed to ask, are you, is it, are you okay? Something, yeah, there's you something can... you're supposed to, and I know Sean Smash Jet, she actually goes out and, and, um, uh, she goes to strip clubs and she goes and walks the streets and tries to to bring people in. Mm -hmm. So uh, she can she's probably upset with me right now, but I know there's something that you're supposed to ask people to see if they're okay. <laughs> so what else can you tell us about about the program? Higher Higher Hope. Yes, Higher what? Hope. Higher Hope. Um, can you tell us um, about the program, how we got started, and and just how did Ronstadt just get involved with this? Okay. So yeah, it's one of our corporate social responsibility programs and it was developed um, approximately about five years ago and initially started for children who were aging out of, um, who were graduated from high school. Okay. Um, so then we kind of decided, okay, we needed to do something more impactful. So how can we impact our community and provide, you know, services or opportunities for our employees to also engage? So they created the Higher Hope program. Um, the program is a program that um, is for women who are ages 18 to 40. Okay. And essentially it's a career readiness program um, that provides apprenticeships, job placement opportunities, um, as well as on the job training. I like it. So it gives, so what I've, from what I've been reading, so it gives 35 weeks of career readiness training. And I don't know any other program and there may be others, right? Mm -hmm. But when I found that, when I met you, right. Or, right, I found out about it and I was thinking, why don't more people know about this? Like, what a great way to give back and help people that have been victimized mm -hmm. and that were forgotten about by our society. Um, let's see, what do you want to say? You're sitting uh, over there real quiet. <laughs> I can share a little Jennifer. bit of my experience. Okay. So I actually started out as an apprentice um, back in April of 2017. Okay. Um, so during the apprenticeship, I was able to gain amazing skills, really hone in on my leadership skills. Um, working with the Higher Hope leadership team really helped me to discover confidence in that area to where I'm able to have the tools that I need for the position that I have now, which again is the um, Higher Hope team lead, where I get to assist the women in all three phases. Oh, so you're giving yes. back. That is yes, so nice. It is so, truly rewarding. So there's three phases. There's the restore, the grow, and the thrive, mm -hmm. right? So there's the career readiness training, there's a paid apprenticeship, and then there's a job placement opportunity. And that's the part that really gets to me because one, your company is equipped to do that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You're definitely equipped to do business. that. So it's just such a perfect, a perfect blend um, of the things. So let's talk about the first phase. Okay. All right, the restore phase. So what does that consist of? Do you want to talk about that, Jennifer? Yeah, sure. Um, so that consists of the career readiness training. That's um, the area that we really focus on, you know, team building, confidence, healthy relationships. They start setting goals and have a vision board. Okay, mm -hmm. nice. And so it's a, is that a 10 week? That is the 12 week, 12 week portion. Okay. Yep, that is the on paid portion. Okay. Um, it is 
we only ask that they commit to a Thursday and Friday. So Thursday is an all-day event in the Alpharetta office. Friday's at our Cumberland location. That's only half of the day. Now, is the program open for to anybody? Any woman. That's Any woman that's between ages, ages of 18 and 40. and 40. Who's looking, you know, to really reintegrate into the workforce. Yes. So we are targeting um, kids aging out of foster care now, um, some high school students who may not want to go to the direction of college okay. or um, the services. So we're looking to make sure that we're able to impact our community by anyone who needs the assistance. Okay. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we're going to talk about the other phases of this great program. And again, any questions that you have, go ahead and drop it in the comment section. See you in 300 seconds. This is big business. This is the American way. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. We are live on Sensation Station Network, SSNATL.com. Um, again, we have a very serious subject, but it's a very touching. Like, listen, anytime there's a problem, there's always problems, right? But the flip side of a problem is a solution. And what we're talking about this morning are solutions to the human trafficking issue. And it's the holiday season. So for you entrepreneurs out there, for you business owners that are figuring out ways of giving back, it's not always monetary. Sometimes it's by helping to empower people who were victims, uh, victims of exploitation, homelessness, human trafficking, et cetera. So that's the best way to give back is to reach out to Ronstadt and let them know that, hey, we want to hire. If you've got some people that you've trained up that are ready to be reintegrated or integrated into the workforce and, you know, they want to make an honest living the way they want to do it, you know, be in control of their own lives, then go ahead. You can reach out to Crystal and she'll tell you how to do that. Um, so listen, we have Crystal Crawley. Crowley. I've watched a lot of uh, Downton Abbey. Oh, I love so Downton it's like Abbey. Crawley's, yes. but it's Crowley. Um, and we also have Jennifer Dial. Yes. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. <laughs> how are you doing? Good. So we are talking about Ronstadt and how they have a program by the name of Higher Hope. And Higher Hope is a program that takes women from the ages of 18 to 40 and gets them through training uh, and, and apprenticeship, paid apprenticeship, yes. and then gets them into the workforce. So it's a 35-week of career readiness uh, training, paid apprenticeship, and then job placement opportunities. Before the break, we talked about the first phase of the training, which is Restore, mm -hmm. and that's 12 weeks of unpaid leave, just two days a week, you know, Thursdays, yeah. all day Thursday and Friday, right? Um, but then from there, we go to the grow phase. And who wants to tell us about the grow phase? I'll talk a little bit about right. the grow phase. So the grow phase is really the apprenticeship. So this is where we provide that hands-on training um, into being um, a person or individual having the ability to work in an office space. Doing a lot of um, admin work, also um, employment specialist, which is more like a recruiting coordinator or a recruiter. So these women are actually contacting candidates for clients that we actually work and support for provide support for and helping them um, you know do going through the interview process to make sure that they're viable fit for a candidate so they're able to pass that information along I love it so what do you think about the grow program or the growth that, the growth phase yeah. is amazing so that's what really helped me during my time as an apprentice and now I get to spend my time giving back to the women and actually being dedicated and involved in with that hands-on training nice nice and then um you also there's a shuttle service yes. as well to, to get people so if if you're in the city of atlanta now is the program just in atlanta or is it all over the country it's just in atlanta just right in atlanta mm -hmm. <laughs> pilot in atlanta. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> pilot phase so this is going to take off Okay, this has to take off. Like, this is too good to be true. So then after the grow phase, we go to thrive. 
Yes. All right. And what is the Thrive phase? So Thrive is once they've completed um, the phases, they've graduated, they've had an opportunity to complete an executive presentation. And then we find placement opportunities either internally with Ronstadt or with some of our corporate partners. Okay. And this is just where they, they move into their next phase. They're ready to fly on their own, a little more independence, and so they're working off-site sometimes or under other leadership. Okay. Um, but we still maintain that contact and support from our team. So I'll do weekly check-ins, uh, monthly check-ins, and then it'll go to quarterly check-ins just to make sure that they understand that we're still there to be supportive of them as they complete their transition. So I see that 90% of the graduates are awarded Grove apprenticeships, right? So that's a high rate of success. Yes, so mm -hmm. with that, we measure that under each phase. So okay. the restore phase, we have a lot of attrition during that time period because okay. of the commitment. Right. Um, and there's no pay at that time, so right. that's one of the other issues. But if they're able to make it past that phase, then they're really successful in the growth phase because now they're committed, they're showing that, okay, this is a process that really will work and help benefit me. Yeah, well, you're saying a lot of attrition, but 80% of the participants graduate from that phase and go to the next, so that, that's pretty high. Yeah, it Th is. That's pretty high, so uh, you know, give yourself a pat on the back for that because that, that's a pretty high number. And then it looks like from the um, paid, um, the job placement, um, opportunities portion, 95% of the apprenticeship graduates are advance to the Thrive, and then how many people like successfully leave Thrive and into the, work into the workforce? So when they move into Thrive, that's when they move into the workforce. Okay. So that's that phase of that oh, program. and that's and 95%. So 95%, um, you know, sometimes we have them um, working, again, on corporate accounts or also internal projects within Ronstadt Okay, so now what can we do to help eradicate this epidemic of human trafficking? I think knowledge is the key. Okay. Um, being knowledgeable about it, just like, you know, knowing when you see something, say something sort of campaign, just making sure you understand, you know, what that looks like. Um, I actually am a part of an organization, um, AFRJ, which is Alliance for Freedom, Restoration, and Justice, and they are an organization that's um, working to eradicate this epidemic globally. Um, what they do have is they have an opportunity for people to earn a, a Justice U badge, which is essentially just the 30 to 45 minute course to educate you about what human trafficking is, what to do when you see it, you know, hotlines. Um, I, want, how I to, want that badge. I'm definitely going to share Yeah, I want that Absolutely. badge. I need that badge. I'll, I'll take the class, but I'd love to say I have a badge. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now, what businesses uh, should engage in CSR? And what is CSR? Did you said why businesses should engage in yeah, CSR? Yeah. Um, it's our corporate social responsibility okay. program. All right. And so why should businesses engage in it? It helps with the um, attraction of employees, mm -hmm. um, retention of your current employees, and outside of that, it's it's the right thing to do. As you mentioned earlier, um, businesses have an opportunity. This is the perfect opportunity for them to be able to give back to the world right. and be able to help this epidemic. Um, previously, most of the organizations that have worked with this have been government agencies or nonprofit organizations, and it's great. They're great. I love the support that they provide. Um, but what happens when these women complete the program? Exactly. They have nowhere to go. So what, is your, what would be your ask? If you were going to ask anything, and, you know, both of you can answer. If you were going to ask anything from the community, you know, we're in Atlanta right now, but we know this program is going to be nationwide or global, right? Um, so what, is your, what would be your ask of the communities? Spread the word. Spread the word? Yes. Spread the word and get involved. Yes. Spread the word and get involved. Now, are there things that people should be looking for? Um... Um, let's say you're in an airport or, mm -hmm. you know, I guess you don't really get granular on that level, but it's just easy to, I guess, just 
if we see something, say something, but then also give people your information? Sure. Like, how do we connect people with you? Absolutely. So we do have an email address that's corporate-wide that we can provide. Okay. Um, you you want to give it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you want to give so it to So it is C as in Charlie, uh -huh. M, G as in George, underscore, or sorry, dash. Oh, dash. Yeah. Higher Hope, which is H-I-R-E-H-O-P-E, -E, at Ronstadt, USA. Dot USA? Dot. Or yeah. USA.com. USA.com. Thank you. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, is, um, so the program now, again, is, is, is only in Atlanta. So how, uh, how is it doing? How, what are your, who are your corporate partners, if you want to mention any of them? Because I know you're not doing this, uh, Ronstadt isn't doing this all on their own. Right. So that's another thing that, we're, like you said, what can businesses yes. do? So we're looking for more corporate partnerships because we can't do it all alone. Okay. Um, so one of our major um, sponsors, and I'm hoping I can say this, is, is Kaiser Permanente. So they've agreed, you know, we have a great relationship with them and okay. helping to um, provide opportunities for the women. Yeah, I think, um, you know, corporate America gets a, you know, and rightfully so, they kind of get a bad rap. Um, but there's something I, I've, I've kind of coined the term clean capitalism and dirty capitalism. And what, what Ronstadt is doing is what I would consider clean capitalism from the standpoint of, um, just making sure that the community, it, it's, it's fine to make profits. You know, making, there's nothing wrong with, with earning money. There's nothing wrong with um, being profitable. However, when it's on the backs of other people or you ignore the plight uh, of other people, there's something wrong with that. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you, the, as, a, as a whole, uh, as a country, as, as a whole, we need to be able to pull together and help each other out. And what you're doing is going to strengthen our nation because you're giving us much needed work. We need workers. Um, what type of training, are you doing any trainings on some of the jobs that are going to be needed, say, in the 21st century? So. Like ad, a lot of administrative jobs may be disappearing, mm -hmm. you know, because of uh, uh, artificial intelligence. So what are you doing to, to make sure that these um, men and women who are uh, graduating from the program, that they're able to hopefully remain gainfully employed into the future? So we do um, offer opportunities for training. So um, we have an IT, an internal IT department that's um, helping the women learn about coding. So we're starting that pilot program in January. Okay. Um, so to give them those skills that we know like that's going to be another big area of focus in terms of employment in the future. And we also um, give them the opportunity to provide training on things that they're looking for. So I have one person who's actually studying her Six Sigma okay. training. Wow. What about nurse? Anybody getting into nursing? So we don't have any nurse. So we recruit for nursing, but okay. we don't actually have like the training to be able to provide for nursing opportunities. Okay. Yeah, but I would like to see that happen because I know that's yeah. another one of the um, the industries where they're they're hurting for. They need more nurses. And that's <laughs> right? surprising. They need, they, well, it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. So I, I understand. <laughs> I understand the why and you got to deal with blood and guts and <laughs> you know fecal matter stuff like that. So sorry. <laughs> It's Sunday. It's Sunday. But um, what else would you like to tell us about the program? Um, the program, I think, is the best program that's out there. It's a free resource. So all we're looking for is your dedication and commitment so that we can um, live, like you said, walk the talk right, um, based right. upon our company. So it's built up on one of our principles, one of our five core values, which is simultaneous promotion of all interests. And it simply means that we see the bigger picture 
and we want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can do to support our communities. So yeah, I love the way you tie that back in with the values because a lot of times there's that, we've got our mission statement, but we do everything against it, right? <laughs> and listen, when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we'll tell you how uh, to get in touch with uh, Higher Hope. Uh, if you know someone that can benefit from the program, I'll give you all the information when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's. We tell you just like your mama tell you. Be humble when you need to, but don't take no... Time to smarten up and listen now to radio that's not dumbed down. And we are back on Financial Renaissance with the end. There's always a lot going on on this show. Listen, Financial Renaissance is a show where I take what's happening in Washington on Wall Street, and then I break it down for what's happening for the people on Main Street. Now, sometimes I do an excellent job of that. Sometimes I don't do an excellent job of it. So if, if at any given time I am giving information and you're not sure how it relates to you, just say, hey, Em, I do, you know, blah, blah, blah for a living. What does this mean to me? And I'll tell you, you know, my brain is all over the place, so I don't always think of everybody, but that is my, my goal is to make sure that everybody understands how the information I'm presenting is going to uh, benefit you. Now, um, Financial Renaissance is uh, airs live on Sundays uh, from 10 to 12 on Sensation Station Network. You can also follow me, Emma, folks, Certified Financial Planner on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I have a YouTube page, too. Um, and I also have a website, emmanosmoney.com, that you can go to. Um, and, you know, there's, I don't know what's on there. But, yeah, you can go there <laughs> and check it out. But we are in the studio uh, with two people from uh, Ronstadt Higher Hope Program. We have Crystal Crowley and Jennifer Dial. Dial, yes. All right, Jennifer Dial. And I want to thank you both for... Um, you know, one coming in, uh, sharing this wonderful program that the whole world needs to know about. And then you also for just giving us, being brave enough to show up today and just give us your experience, you know, firsthand experience with the program, et cetera. What would you like uh, to tell people? Well, what would you like to tell people about the program if there's anything that you haven't covered um, that you would want people to know about the program? Like if there's someone just like that just kind of got out of a situation and they're not sure of what to do and they don't trust anyone, mm -hmm. right? They don't believe they've been tricked and et cetera. What would you say to that person that's trying to decide whether or not to pick up the phone and call? Um, I would remind them that their past does not define them, that all they need to do is take one step forward and we'll help them the rest of the way. That's awesome. awesome. That, I love is, that. that is, and no judgment. None. No judgment. Doesn't matter what happened. We all have past, but the, the past is not indicative of what your future is going to look like. That's absolutely correct. And what do you want to say? Well, I would like to say thank you again for giving us this platform. And also, um, if any of you know of any individuals out there or if you yourself fit the criteria and would love to be a part of the program, um, as well as corporate partners. So if you're a corporate partner listening today and you are looking for an opportunity to engage, as Emma said, to maybe hire an apprentice or bring someone on, to help them impact their lives. Um, I'd love to give you the email addresses please, for both yes, of those. Yes, please give everything. Um, okay. So the first email address, again, is for the connection either if you're a participant or a corporate partner, and that will be cmg-higherhope at ronstadtusa.com. And the second thing I'd like to leave you with is the information about becoming or receiving your Justice U badge. 
And again, this badge gives you knowledge, um, understanding of what human trafficking is. And it's um, an opportunity for you to also be able to impact your community, even if it's not through any of the other avenues that we have, but definitely when you are at the airport or when you're traveling or to some of these events. And that email address is justiceu.engagetogether.com. And I think, I, I love that. And I think everyone should just make a commitment, you know, as we're going into uh, 2020, you know, 2019 was, was crazy. You know, with a lot of the political stuff, a lot of the global stuff going on, you know, we as a people are better uh, than what we're seeing on the news. Um, and I feel like the issues that we're we're fighting each other against are so 20, they're so passe. Like, why are we talking about this stupid stuff like race and, and religion? And I don't like you because you don't look like me. You know, what are we going to do when the aliens come down? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they don't look like us either. Matter of fact, their heads are shaped funny. <laughs> so we need to... We we need to figure out ways of coming together and the program that you have is a way of helping pull us all together because you know we're born into this world uh, we are we were born um, on the right side of the border as I, I like to say a lot of times we had the benefit of, of we didn't we don't choose what country we want to be born in and we don't get to choose the circumstances that we're born in we're, we're dealt a hand and we just have to deal with it and what you're doing is helping people take charge and take back control of, of the hand that they were dealt and changing that around so you know kudos to you and you just earned some wings Thank you. <laughs> you just earned some wings as well hey when we come back on financial renaissance with the M's I'm gonna give you some uh, by the numbers uh, we'll talk about Millennials and home buying it's gonna surprise you when we come back in 300 seconds. Administration. SSNATL.com. And we are back on Financial Renaissance with the M's. That's right. I am all you need to find out to start your week out. That's right. This is the number one financial show in the country. That's right. Thanks, Mom. All right, so uh, before the break, I was saying that there were some numbers I wanted you to know about. Okay, so 38% of United States, uh, so let's see, let me make sure I get this right. So 38% of the United States electricity next year is gonna be generated by natural gas. 22% will be um, from coal. So for those of you who know people that are like in the Appalachians or in kind of coal mining country, you need to let them know that it's it's a wrap. Coal is, is, is it's a dead deal. 20% um, of our electricity uh, next year will be coming from nuclear power power plants. Shout out to uh, my University of Phoenix alum at uh, the San Onofre uh, Power Plant in San Diego County, California. I see you. Um, and then 7% will be coming from hydropower. That's water. And then the remaining 13% will be coming from wind and solar and other suppliers. Now, um, back when Jimmy Carter was president, he was hoping that 20 years after his presidency, we would be at 20% um, from wind and solar power and, and alternate uh, sources and things like that. But, you know, we are where we are, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. Now, home construction, this is something, uh, a little tidbit I found uh, interesting, especially for you millennials, you younger people who are looking at buying your first home. It looks like there's going to be a shortage. And why this is important is when there's a, you know, go back to school. I don't know if you took economics, but supply and demand. When there's a lot of demand but a little bit of supply, that spikes the prices up. 
So it looks like home builders um, aren't uh, building enough to keep up with the millennial generation. Um, the millennial generation next year is expected to, the, to be the largest single cohort of home buyers in 2020. Um, the majority of single and multifamily home construction is in millennial dense counties, but it actually lags the rest of the nation when it comes to meeting that demand. So a millennial county um, is defined as geographic areas where at least a quarter of the population consists of millennials. Now, millennials, it looks like, accounts for about 62 percent of the U.S. population, but they only account for 59 percent of single uh, family home building. So, and it's not just in urban areas that are seeing this lag. Uh, there's also some other millennial counties um, in some big markets like Seattle, Boston, Portland, Oregon, and Washington, D.C., but also in some rural, rural areas, as we say here in the South, uh, in Ohio, Kansas, and Missouri. Um, so millennials overall, we already know they've got a lot of student loan debt. They've got a lot of other pressures that many of us didn't have when we graduated from college. So they've by nature had to have had to wait longer than a lot of previous generations to become homeowners. Um, but their share of new mortgage mortgage originations is expected to top 50% in the year 2020. So given the acute shortage of uh, entry level existing homes for sales, Millennials may have to turn to new home construction. Um, and then without a ramp up in production, affordability for millennials buying homes is going to become worse, okay? Uh, so that's just something you need to think about. If you're looking at buying a home, you got to keep this in mind. And again, if it, the timing isn't right for you, don't force it. There were people that forced home buying in the year 2007, uh, early 2008, and they bought at the top of the market and then the market tank. So make sure you're talking to your financial professional. So certified financial planner, you can go to makeaplan.org or you can give our office a call. You can go to uh, greenwoodwealthmanagement.com. Uh, you can chat with us and you can ask questions, but you know, these are the types of things that you want to, you know, do research on to make sure you're making uh, the best decision for you. All right. So no relocation needed. It seems like since 1947, we've had more Americans this year, 2019, stay put than ever before. Uh, more Americans uh, stayed in place, didn't move to different states, didn't move anywhere. We only had just less than 10% of Americans changed their residence this year. Uh, that's an amazing number. Not exactly sure what that means, but I think either people are complacent or they're trying to figure out what's going to be happening uh, with the economy. So one quarter of all of the current homes uh, right now will change ownership by the year 2037. So we're looking at 17 years from now, 25% um, of all the homes in the United States will change ownership. And that means that um, there's 79.5 million owner-occupied homes, um, and 21 million of those will end up changing hands as the baby boomers uh, leave um, homes for their family members. They either pass away or they leave stuff around. Um, so for health insurance, it looks like the average American employee is paying $453 per month for health insurance. Now, while that sounds like a lot of money, let's think about what the employer is paying. On the employer side, uh, they're paying about $1,000 a month for your health benefits. So what you're paying usually accounts for about 30% of the overall cost for your uh, health insurance. Now, back in, I think it was uh, 1935, all right, uh, when the Social Security Retirement Program started, 
uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt projected that the total Social Security expenditure would reach $1.3 billion by 1980. Okay. Well, in 1980, it was way more than 1.3 billion. It was 149 billion. All right. So we're paying a, now. Keep in mind that again, Social Security is one of those things that uh, we are paying into. So it's not an entitlement. A lot of the money that was set aside for Social Security was used up by the wars in Afghanistan and also Iraq. Um, we have to also think about that the outlays for Social Security in the year 2019 were going to be $988 billion. So that's 24% of our nation's outlay. But again, that is not an entitlement. That is something that we are paying into. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we'll have my market movers and losers and what you need to focus on on my Emma Knows Money. We are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. What a great group of guests we had uh, on the show today. Uh, it was amazing. But let's start off with my market movers and losers. All right. The jobs reports number came out. And for those of us in the financial world, when those numbers come out, we like, oh, get all excited. And they come out every month. But why people get excited about these numbers is because businesses, banks, everybody makes decisions about whether or not they're going to hire employees, if they're going to freeze hiring, if they're going to lay people off based on these numbers that come back uh, from the United States government. So um, this for the month of November, we actually exceeded expectations. So they expected we would have 187,000 new jobs created, but what was actually created was 266,000. So again, that means that the economy isn't fully contracting. So when we look at the jobs numbers, it's every month, month after month, if you hear me saying that, oh, we, we didn't hit, hit expectations and jobs numbers came in uh, lower than expected, that means that layoffs are coming around the corner. That means that uh, customers that you have, if you're a business owner, that means that customers that you have, they may not have the money to buy your product or service. So paying attention to the jobs numbers kind of shows you what's going to be happening you know, it's kind of a ripple effect. If the jobs numbers are bad for several months in a row, then that means six months, three to six months down the down the road, things may just start to go catawonky, okay, for you, or, you know, things just may not be happening right. So that's why we pay attention to those numbers. Now, the unemployment number kind of ticked down a little bit uh, to 3.5%. Um, you know, they're saying that it's the lowest unemployment rate since, uh, you know, 1969, and I call BS. Uh, unemployment numbers may be down, but under employment numbers are up. People aren't making the money that they need to. Now, one of the reasons why the jobs numbers looks good has to do with General Motors. They had a strike a couple months ago, and so now that they, the strike is over, they actually um, added about 41,000 jobs um, in the manufacturing sector. Um, as I'm, and also, average hourly earnings rose uh, a, a tenth of a percent. So a couple pennies um, over a year ago. Now, the news isn't all good because holiday shopping um, retail added only 2,000 new hires, okay? So last week I, we talked about Cyber Monday and Black Friday sales and things like that, and most of those sales happened on the Internet. They weren't in brick-and-mortar stores. And why is this important? Because retail is dying, okay? This year, 9,000 American retail stores 
have closed over 9,000. Okay, so if you're looking, trying to figure out what to do from a, from a career standpoint, from a job standpoint, you want to find a career or job that is going to be hiring in, in massive droves into the 21st century. Now, mining also, mining, which I think they do for whatever, uh, coal, a whole bunch of stuff, they lost 7,000 positions. So since May, 19,000 mining jobs have, have been lost. So if you live in a city, uh, doesn't matter to you. But if you live in rural America or what they call, you know, not in on the coast, there are mining jobs that are very important. And so if 19,000 mining jobs have gone, then it is also time, and many of us have families that, you know, aren't on the coast, you know, we need to talk to our family members and let them know, prepare for the future, okay? Um, the future is coming, whether we want it to come or not, it is, it is going to be here and we have to figure out um, how to you know, basically what to do. Um, so some things that also happen has to do with our president, um, Donald Trump, and what he did with, um, <laughs> what he did over in Europe uh, last week. So um, he went over for the, uh, for the NATO assembly, whatever it is they had, they had all the NATO nations get together. And what President Trump asked for, and I absolutely agree with, has to do with getting other countries to commit to making payments to NATO. Now, NATO's kind of like the world police or the world army, you know, like it, hate it, whatever. It's what's keeping, been keeping the peace since World War II. So the United States of America puts, a, we put the majority of our budget, uh, of the money, into the NATO budget, okay? But NATO is made up of more than just the United States and the European Union countries. There are other countries involved. And what President Trump has done is he's went overseas and he's like, look, everybody has to pay up. Everybody should be paying, if not their fair share, at least 2%. That's what he asked for. And so, you know, sometimes his messages kind of get lost by some of the other stuff that he does, like when he gets on Twitter and he makes fun of people, things like that. But there are some good things that our president is trying to do to, to, to strengthen our, you know, our country. So uh, shout out to, to him for that. Um, let's see. There are, um, wow, 43 percent of student loans are actually in distress right now. Um, that is a, an alarming statistic. Uh, what that means is, as we look at the jobs numbers, as we look at what's going on with the student loans, things of that nature, it's letting us know that Americans aren't earning enough. And if Americans aren't earning enough, we've, you know, Houston, we have a problem. Um, when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, find out if the Department of Education is sending us to salvation or to slaughter when we return in 300 seconds. NATL.com is a Radio 2 Atlanta station, which provides a daily mix of awesome hits with smart talk. For the smarter listener, your choice just became clear. SSNATL.com, radio that's not dumbed down. One million dollars. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. Time for my top five, top five news stories of the week. But first, I want to say thank you to uh, thank uh, Radio Show Listing and also True Black, Our Story Matters, 
uh, for watching us here on Financial Renaissance with the Imps. All right, so Betty DeVos, she is the, you know, whatever, czar of the Department of Education. And last week she unveiled a groundbreaking proposal that eventually will get the Department of Education out of the student lending business. That's right. So what she said was that um, right now the federal student aid, FSA, is the nation's largest provider of financial aid, and she wants it to be spun off from the Department of Education so student loans can be better managed and administered. Mm, we'll see what happens. Don't know if she's, you know, our salvation or if this is going to be the slaughter to many people. But she thinks that um, right now there are $1.5 trillion in, out student, in outstanding student loan debt. Um, and then there are over eight different repayment plans, uh, more than 30 variations, 11 different servicers, uh, all with different websites and platforms and phone numbers. She says it's just it's just too confusing. So uh, she is going to be selling possibly our student loans to corporate America. And this is going to help FSA deliver world-class service to students and families. She does not think the Department of Education should be in the business of lending anymore. No, no, no. All right. No, no, no. Is Denmark being proactive or too damn liberal? Well, the in the UK, their Labour Party uh, is campaigning on scrapping university tuition fees, okay? And why would a country do such a thing? Well, this week in France, students have been protesting because, wait for it, rising living costs, okay? In the country of Denmark, students are getting free tuition and 750 Danish krone per month, which is the equivalent of about $100 uh, in the United States. So anyone who's uh, uh, part of the European Union can take advantage, and there's a lot of people moving to the, uh, Denmark right now for an affordable education, all right? Everywhere around the world, kids are hurting. Oh, yeah, Donald Trump is taking on the world. He got him dukes up. Mm, put him up, put him up. So he stunned Wall Street uh, this week. Um, he came back uh, early from his trip to Europe with a tiny stroke of petty, and he dished out equal opportunity, who's laughing at me now, tariffs. That's right, France, you get a tariff. That's right. He is not happy with the French government because of less GAFA. It's a 3% digital tax that's been put on GAFA, which is Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. Um, so as a result, you can expect the prices of wine, cheese, uh, makeup. That's right. The cost to beat your face is going to go up. Uh, he is going to, they're looking at levying 100% um, uh, tax on $2.4 billion of French products, including cheese, porcelain and handbags you know who else got a tariff brazil and argentina boom you get a tariff on steel and aluminum products now this one may backfire and it may end up hurting our uh manufacturing sector and then boom china they get to keep the tariff that we said we put in place so trump is set to impose 160 billion dollars of tariffs on chinese goods on december 15th So the word of the day is going to be contrarian, right? That's opposing or rejecting popular opinion or going against the current practice. Uh, and in the words of Wall Street legend Barton Biggs, there's no asset class that too much money can't spoil. All right. So this is important. Private equity, uh, that industry may have peaked. And so they've been getting double-digit returns for over a decade. And so for those of you that are receiving pensions or looking at receiving pensions, this has been a great thing. But the scary thing, and this is now putting us at DEFCOM level three, 
um, is that the pension people won't be able to keep private equities possibly in their pensions anymore. So we may have actually reached a peak. So pay attention to all the letters you receive from your employer regarding your pension. They may offer you an opportunity to take a lump sum, roll it into an IRA, etc. But before you make a decision about your pension, contact a certified financial planner to make sure you understand exactly what they're offering and depending on your retirement readiness, um, which which solutions are going to you know fit your situation a little bit better. Do not. <laughs> Listen, so it looks like administrative jobs used to help propel a lot of women uh, into the middle class, and now they're disappearing. The United States shed more than 2.1 million administrative and office support jobs since the year 2000. So that's the new millennial. So the Labor Department is, is, is just showing that this used to be a path to the middle class for women without college degrees. So it looks like um, a lot of these jobs disappeared um, before the Great Recession and they're not coming back. The Labor Department predicts that secretaries and admin assistants will see the largest job losses of any occupation in the coming decade. So we're looking at 2020 to 2030. If you are a secretary, an executive assistant, an administrative assistant, your job may actually um, you, you may get laid off. Um, uh, one of the things that's happening with this is that Main Street is saying that, you know, hey, the jobs numbers don't look that good. Um, the This doesn't look like the best economy ever for about 40% of Americans who are still struggling to pay their bills. But hey, you know, this is the, the, the cards that we were dealt and it's important that you just pay attention and realize that um, AI and robots and things like that are gonna be taking jobs from many, many, many of us Americans. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, my Emma Knows Money. Back with Emma Knows Money. This segment of Emma Knows Money is brought to you by Greenwood Wealth Management, making Wall Street work for you. All right. As a, you know, we all know if you watch the news, cable news, it's impeachment, 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 blah, 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 blah. But like I mentioned, what's happening with our president and the impeachment stuff is like one-tenth of, you know, what's really going on. We have a lot of things happening in our country around Social Security, making sure that that's taken care of. Uh, student loan debt crisis, making sure that's being taken care of. Minimum wage, making sure that's taken care of. Whatever, and you know, there's a million other things uh, that our lawmakers have to worry about. Now, the lawmaker's job is to kind of be the, the, the go-between between us and corporate America. So corporate America wants to see something a certain way, we want to see something a certain way, and our lawmakers are caught in between. And so what we need to do is reach across that aisle um, and, and talk to lawmakers. We need to not yell at them. And what I want to do is teach you how to be an advocate for yourself. We're not like corporations. We don't have, you know, high-powered lobbyists running to Washington and whining and dining and schmoozing these people and taking them out for drinks and all that other stuff. But I'm going to tell you what you can do to be an advocate for yourself. All right. So, number one, the first thing you can do is meet face-to-face. Um, that's the most effective way to meet with lawmakers. So go to their websites uh, to find out what their schedules are, and you can call the Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121 to schedule an appointment with your lawmaker. 
Do not, however, just show up unannounced. Uh, don't, don't ever do that because they do have schedules. They won't see you. Now, you can write a letter or an email. Personal notes carry a lot of weight, okay? But address people respectfully, even if you disagree with them. Uh, if there's a lawmaker, let's say abortion is your issue, you know, an issue, and you are pro-abortion and they're anti-abortion, well, meet halfway in the middle and say, hey, maybe we have better sex ed, or maybe we can look at providing, you know, uh, contraceptives for young people or something like that. But if you if you don't like what they're talking about, give them a compromise or tell them something that they can do um, to help pull them also uh, to the other side. Now, when you do reach out to lawmakers, don't forget to give them your name and your address because they need to know what district you're in. Don't send anonymous letters uh, because they're more than likely to be ignored. And don't curse and don't yell at people because those are also likely to be ignored. Now, volunteer with an organization that is fighting for your concerns. And if you don't have the time to uh, volunteer, uh, you can give money. If you don't have the time to give money, talk to them about volunteering. Volunteering can be spreading their message on social media or spreading their message in just how you carry yourself, okay? So contact that local office or the state office, national office, and ask what it is that you can do uh, to fight for issues that you care about. Now, what you shouldn't do is think that you need special skills or to fight for for an issue or something like that it's there's powers in numbers okay so no matter what they'll be able to find something for you to do the other thing you can do is uh, join a group that you care about you know they've got uh, grassroots organizations they can really change the opinion in Washington DC so check your library or the internet for the uh, Washington information directory and it you can find groups sorted by topic so band together with these people whether it's joining a formal group or just gathering with like-minded people again there are number there are power in numbers of people now what you don't want to do is use a group email template for sending to you know a lawmaker or a power broker or something like that you want to use again make sure that you're the, if it's a letter coming from a group it's got everybody's signature and you know there's letterhead or there's a, a website or something like that so that they know that you are legit now this is the one that I like, is starting a petition. And some of these have worked. Um, a petition, uh, there was a petition to allow some female uh, aviators to be buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Um, and so many federal agencies, the FDA, um, they allowed the petition to be submitted on their website. So there are a lot of federal websites that will allow you to do petitions on their website. So phrase your concern clearly and then work together to connect with other groups who can also give you, you know, that if you're all thinking or fighting about the same thing, figure out ways of joining or banding together with them. Now, don't expect much from a signed position if it's kind of like a partisan type thing. Again, you know, claiming a set, you know, I'm Republican. Again, I'm Democrat. Don't do that. Just be a, a normal human being that that wants something from the government. And usually, those needs have to do with our, you know, um, um, what do you call it? Housing uh, has to do with income, has to do with food, has to do with safety, things of that nature. But as far as that partisan hacking stuff, uh, we don't need to be doing that anymore. Now, you can also use social media, all right? And don't be a keyboard warrior. I hate those. You know, we don't want that. But 
politicians do pay attention to social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and things of that nature. So target uh, Washington lawmakers by posting suggestions. So if they're saying something and you don't agree with it, tell them why you don't agree with it or how it's impacting you as a person on Main Street. If you do, if they are saying something that you agree with, tell them that you agree with them and why it will help you, okay? So again, get away from that partisan hack. But don't assume that social media, um, that just because you're writing stuff on social media, it's going to change people's minds. That's not what it's there for. It's like, you know, writing on a billboard or writing graffiti on the side of a building. Like, it's just your opinion, but there needs to be stuff behind it. So, again, uh, we can change the minds of lawmakers in Washington, D.C., but usually what we're doing is yelling at them. And what I'm trying to get everyone that's listening to my voice to understand now is that they want to hear from us. They want to hear what direction we want them to go, whether it's for the impeachment trial. Tell them why they should do it, why they shouldn't do it. Tell them what, how you feel about the tariffs. Um, if the, the cost of French goods, uh, if the cost of European cars going up is something that's going to impact you, you have to tell your lawmakers. If you're silent or you're only yelling at them, they don't know what to do. And everybody is yelling at them. They're facing pressure from many, many different directions. And what we want to do is figure out how to help them. We've elected them to work for us, so we have to tell them exactly what it is that they need to do um, to help us. Now, you also want to be creative. Uh, sometimes being heard is all about being at the right place at the right time. So some examples um, that you could do is like if you're at an event and you run into a politician, you can respectfully ask them if you can, you know, talk to them and just kind of, you know, build with them, bond with them, talk to them. Um, another thing sometimes um, if you're if you're um, if you're out and about and you see someone and you have the opportunity to talk to them, do that. If you know someone who knows a politician, you know, utilize them. But again, do it in a way. Um, that is not going to a get you arrested. Don't show up at a at a politician's house picketing or protesting or anything like that. Uh, and that's not going to help. You know, it, it'll show that we are displeased with them. But what I'm looking for is for us to come together as a nation and to provide solutions to our lawmakers so that going forward, you know, we're 20 years into this new uh, this new millennium, and I want to make sure that the rest of the millennia is, is, is not like this was. So that's my tips on Emma Knows Money is how you can be an advocate for yourself in Washington, D.C. Until it's time to do what real beasts do. Unleash your beast. Break your history. back on Financial Renaissance with the M's. Uh, shout out to Frank Schaffner for making that opening for me, that Financial Renaissance and all the Emma Knows Money stuff. Uh, absolutely love it. Listen, great show we had today. Uh, we did talk about, again, caregiving. Uh, for caregivers, uh, you're doing a great job for the country. You know, you're kind of our unsung heroes. Again, check with your state to see if there is a program for you to get paid leave or payment, receive payments from the state for the work that you're doing for your loved ones, okay? Um, also, wanted to say, again, thank you to Sandy Mole, or is it Mollet? Mole. <laughs> from the Georgia Association of uh, Colleges and Employers uh, for that uh, the diversity and inclusion symposium panel that was held at Georgia Tech uh, yesterday, um, Friday. Yeah, I'm so confused. So we had uh, Albina Bin, Binman, Binmani. She is a uh, multi-faith program coordinator at Emory. 
um, and she is a religious teacher. Got to meet with her. She was on the panel. Also, uh, Corey Criswell, he is an IT program manager uh, at Emory Healthcare. Uh, Matias Dominguez, he's an employer outreach coordinator at uh, Kennesaw State University. And then we had Gray Hardy, uh, who's the uh, manager um, production operation of production operations at Cox Enterprises. And then the wonderful Ben Scott, who is the IT uh, support professional senior at Georgia Institute of Technology. And, you know, Georgia Tech is one of those great schools that we have here in Atlanta. There's a lot of great people that came out of it, including Jimmy Carter, although he left to go um, to go to Annapolis. But one of the things about the uh, Jimmy Carter, if you um, live anywhere near a presidential library, I highly recommend that you go. I went um, for the first time to look at the library at the Carter Center uh, this past Friday uh, after the Board of Counselors meeting. Um, and I got to see, learn a lot about President Carter. And President Carter uh, was way ahead of his time. He was probably one of the most progressive presidents we had of the 20th century. So shout out to President Carter and speedy recovery. All right, coming up, we have a smooth, sensational Sunday, and then the live exchange with Dr. Pamela at 6 p.m. Um, listen, have lunch tomorrow with Cheryl Underwood from uh, 12 to 2, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday. And as always, you know, uh, one love, one heart, and, and let's just be good humans and make our country proud. See you next week. Scratch, green.